This is Back to Debbie, a show brought to you by Campus to Ken. This podcast specializes in collegiate football players and their potential for future fantasy success in the NFL. I'm your host, Mike V. This is my co-host, Corey P. Today, we're going to go into our week two reactions, narratives we're buying and selling, and just some thoughts on the 2024 running back class, how it's shaping out. Now, just once again, we are early into the NCAA season. It's a lot of non-conference games, a lot of Power 5 teams playing G5 teams. So I still think everything's in the overreaction category, but everything's always worth noting. But first, Corey with the news. First, we'll head on over to uh, UNC, where unfortunately wide receiver Devontae Walker had his uh, appeal for his eligibility denied. Uh, Mac Brown, a lot of other people around uh, the NCAA, pretty much anybody you talk to right now is pretty worked up about this. He has a pretty good case, I'd say, to be eligible this year. But, um, you know, even they, apparently the NCAA is uh, getting some some death threats or very aggressive threats anyways after this. But for our purposes, at least, this is a pretty big hit to his stock. Uh, I was going to ask you to like, what are you doing with his ranking now? Like, I know I dropped him pretty far. Like, are you playing conservative with him? Like, do you think he can come back from this or are you pretty much tanking him now? I think this is conservative for who I am as a person because I'm not afraid to tank people. Um, yeah. I only lowered him seven spots, actually. So I went down from wide receiver 22 to 29. That's uh, not far enough. Um, I got him in that zone of like guys I think get drafted but don't do anything in the NFL. Yeah. And like, yeah. And like, he's always on that cusp for like late day two guys. That that I already hits at wide receiver 30 for you, that area. Yeah. 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 What do you mean? I, I mean I, you know, each class. I'm more, like I'm more optimistic. Guys, yeah. I guess I'm just more optimistic. I have more hope for guys around that area that they'll be bored that. But so you're I, probably so, right. But you're probably right, honestly. But I've lowered him all the way to wide receiver 43 right now. Oof. Um, yeah, I tanked him a little bit because I just think, you know, like he's already a unicorn in in terms of his profile, like hoping something's going to come of him. Now we're talking about another year off of school. We have to hope that, you know, now he's going to be looking at a new quarterback. Is Drake Bingham is going to be going to the NFL? Like, I just don't know what his future holds. I think it's a really big and hard bet yeah. to make for, for him to actually come out of this. So I, I've like tanked 25 him. years old, like at the start of his rookie contract. Yeah, I do. Like, like it's stupid like that. The profile is um, tough now. You really have to. You really have to stay strong if you're going to. You know, I just, I don't know. Like, the guys behind him are also toss ups, like Lee Cock and Coleman. Like I have them behind him. I haven't, you know, they haven't touched yeah. the field yet. Not that you know they're true freshmen, so they have plenty of time. Well, not playing time. But they got time, and they got a bunch of like other Mike my guys. And actually, I know those are also long shots. You know, Jim Michael Sturdy's over there. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> too low. He, he should be way above, way above. Walker. I've moved him up a lot. He went from 46 to 35 after last. Okay, week. we're getting, we're getting there. We're getting there. So. Right. Um, continuing on with the news here, heading over to Michigan State, where head coach uh, Mel Tucker has been suspended, probably fired pretty soon, following some uh, sexual harassment case that's currently being uh, investigated further right now. But all all signs are pointing to him being fired right now. Um, some pretty nasty stuff there. You can go and look into that yourself to see all 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 the uh, interesting details of that case and then heading over to Ohio State where quarterback Kyle McCord has officially been named the starter going forward that just kind of happened today or yesterday um kind of feels like, like to me that Devin Brown didn't really get a true shot in this like he got like what, a series a game two series a game uh, I'm kind of surprised that a game versus Youngstown sealed the deal for Ryan Day that that, that this was kind of it that the, but uh I guess we'll see what happens on the stretch if McCord starts to struggle, if this is all just kind of uh, on the surface and, and this is still a short leash. But uh, I, I was kind of surprised by that. 
Um, heading over to the injuries, though, just quick injury updates on some of our Debbie favorites. Arkansas Raheem Sanders um, still out with knee swelling, going to be out this week again. Um, Western Kentucky wide receiver Malachi Corley, he's expected back this week for their matchup with Ohio State this weekend. Um, Kansas running back Devin Neal had a great start to the season so far. He's starting the week limited. He got a little bit nicked up in this past weekend's game. Um, Cal running back Jaden Ott also had a scary injury on Saturday, but he's apparently doing better than uh, than it looked anyways. He's deemed day-to-day right now, so chance that he's going to go. And then Syracuse wide receiver slash tight end uh, Oronde Gats in the third. He was seen in a walking boot during the game after suffering an injury earlier in this weekend's game. Um, you guys make sure that you guys head over to the website at campusacanton.com where you can become a member with one of our many subscription options, um, some of which include access to our draft guides, uh, those CFF weekly projections and rankings, uh, advanced metric tools, uh, and the debut of our new C2C Winning Edge, which is a collaboration with CFB Winning Edge to help bring you guys the amazing in-depth work on the depth charts, um, statistical projections, returning production, game spread projections for all you betters every day. So make sure you guys are keeping up with our family of podcasts and the YouTube channel on Saturday mornings uh, from here on throughout the season to make sure you're catching our pre-show in the morning. Call the tailgate. The guys will be going through start sit questions, keeping you up to date on the news, heading into the games, going over betting tips, also giving you a little Debbie preview that me and Mike do every morning. So make sure you guys are keeping it locked with Campus Canton to help guide you guys through the entire season. Campus Life was, uh, listening to Campus Life today, I thought they did a great job. They always do on their episodes. But the one thing that really stuck out to me was that they're right, dude. It's it's sweater weather coming up. And <laughs> everyone loves themselves a sweater. You know? And, Corey, when is the best time to wear a striped sweater? It is all the time. One with the collar. Turtleneck? That's the kind. Go ahead and get your sweaters from Home Field Apparel. It is... The college football season. It's not too late to rep your team, all right? 15% off with the promo code CAMPUS, the number two in Canton, to get that striped sweater. Get that one special sweater at Home Field Apparel. Go ahead, use promo code CAMPUS, number two, and then Canton. Get 15% off at Home Field Apparel. Corey, let's get into our We Two reactions here. So, guys, we're going to do reactions. We're going to be doing like a buy-sell for narratives that are out there floating around. You know how people like to say ludicrous things after like two weeks. Uh, and then I wanted to talk to Corey about overall thoughts on the 2024 running back class, just specifically. So, Corey, why don't you kick us off with uh, some quarterback reactions? Yeah, I thought maybe we could start off talking a little bit of Jalen Miller. I know a lot of people are probably going to be talking about him in that that uh, game this past weekend versus Texas. Um, I did not think he had a very good game. You know, watching this game a little bit closely, he, he locked onto his targets. He held onto the ball way too long, you know, looking for that deep shot downfield. Um, I, I think that there's things that he can do with his legs that like nobody else can. And, and maybe that's the reason, like, I, I, I think maybe Saban like is rocking with him as well, because the way this offensive line is playing, maybe this is the kind of the best guy that can get out of trouble a little bit, get out of pressure. Um, but he's really like, like a double-edged sword because he doesn't seem to be able to read the field very well when he does get outside the pocket. And this, this game was really a picture perfect of like everything that's wrong with, with his game here. You know, as I was like watching this, this game, the comparison that kind of hit me, which I think is kind of weird, but it made sense a little bit. Milrow kind of reminds me of like a Colin Kaepernick type, a guy who was like dynamic with his legs, um, did well when the offense is planned around him on a great team, great defense, you know, like that rocket arm and stuff like that. But they're like vicinity passers, right? Like they're not good. Like the ball placement's off. Everything's a rocket. Nothing is thrown with touch. You know, I still think that Alabama can win like 90% of their games with Milrow with a run heavy approach and where you're not asking him to do much, but 
when you're in a game like this, man, you're playing catch up. Like I, this Milrose just not the kind of guy to win this game. I just don't know if there's anything better behind him that they can turn to. I just think I, I continuously believe that the community just gives him too much credit for his legs. I'm not saying he's not yeah. a dual threat. He is. I don't think he's a make a guy miss. He's more of a power back type of guy. I just, I think it's overrated. I really do. So I, not that I disagree though. I do think they need to use his legs more. I just, I don't know how much he would have gotten done. And I also still believe that his throwing ability is now underrated. Uh, but you know, whatever. I don't think he's a Debbie asset, but um it was hard to watch now. Like, I don't, I feel like Alabama's got to feel exposed, right? Like it's been a couple of years now. Like they should, I don't, I don't think there's, there should be fans out there saying that this is a good team anymore. They're not, I shouldn't say that. They're so reacting. They're not <laughs> a like playoff. I don't think they're a playoff team anymore. I don't think they're a playoff team anymore. Uh, like fringe playoff team, but like they have some very obvious holes and without filling them, they're not going to be doing much. Yeah, like I'm kind of surprised the offensive line is, is playing so bad at times. You know, the wide receivers haven't really developed recently. And like a lot of these recent recent classes, we're not really seeing a guy step up. And again, like the quarterback position, very in flux. Like I just like like if it's not Jalen Miller, then who are they going to turn to, though? Like I is this still the best version of the Alabama team for this year is with him at the helm, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, yes, it is. And, you know, they did try to pay another quarterback in the powder blue uniform yeah. to come on over, <laughs> you know, rumors, you know, so they, I, I feel like they, they knew, I think they knew. Speaking of that quarterback in those powder blues, uh, I believe you're talking about one, Mr. Drake may over at UNC. Yeah. Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> um, I didn't watch his game super closely this weekend, but I thought it was pretty noteworthy that playing a pretty mediocre uh, Appalachian state team, Threw for 208 scoreless yards. Uh, still ran for over 70 yards in touchdowns and still has that going for him. Uh, we, we saw Omarion Hampton go off in this game, almost like 300 yards on the ground. Uh, so maybe this is just more of like a scheme thing. What was working, they were just relying on it. But we, we kind of had this worry with Drake May, with the new offensive coordinator, new wide receivers. You're the wide receiver you thought was going to be your starting guy all offseason. He's gone now, so now you're trying to work that into it. He's still been kind of efficient. I don't know if this really affects his Debbie stock much, but what are your takeaways from kind of how he's starting the season so far? I actually, like, I don't have much takeaways from everybody else. I know those people are, like, pressing the panic button out there. Yeah, this I think it's more like, like a start asset as, like, a CFF asset because he's not yeah, that, yeah, but yeah, I don't think yeah. it's affecting his Debbie yet. Value. You, you can't start him anymore, I don't think. There's got to be better options out there. I think he's averaging, like, 25 points a game. But um, anyway, though, like, uh, it's a new scheme. It obviously sucks. We've been saying it sucks. There's no wide receivers there. Like Devontae Walker was supposed to be it. Uh, even this last game, 70% completion percentage, 21 completions on 30 attempts. They still had two drops. They had three drops last week too. Like these, these. This is just recorded from PFF too, so you know they probably dropped more than just two or three because PFF doesn't count drops that well. But I'm, I'm like, I'm not worried about the player. I'm worried about the like the system around him. So I, I think this should continue too. I, I really do. I mean, UNC has never been strong in like the offensive line. The, the defense certainly hasn't been strong. So I, without having an offensive scheme to help cover up some stuff, like I don't, I don't think, I, I don't think UNC is going to be much of a problem for two people. Yeah, and I don't. I honestly don't think that Amarian Hampton is going to be able to do this versus everybody they they play. I mean, we've seen the really low efficiency he's had versus some of the tougher defenses he's yeah. played and against App State. Here, obviously, he had a, he had a nice day, but I just don't think that's going to happen every day. You're not going to be able to rely on that. And then we saw in Week One that Drake May kind of 
was the dude to carry the team throughout the week, throughout that game at least. And, you know, not super gaudy stats, you know, had the two touchdowns, so two interceptions. But I still think it'll get better as it goes on. They'll find somebody, uh, they'll they'll find a weapon to kind of climb out of here as well because he really hasn't found that guy yet he wants to rely on as well. They're also dealing with injuries in that wide receiver room where guys are kind of missing practice time and this or that. So I'm still pretty hopeful for him, at least, you know, going forward. You know, maybe not the CFF asset we were hoping, but, uh, you know, still, still pretty easily quarterback two in this class, I'd say. Uh, Kyle McCord with Ohio State. He got it going somewhat against Youngstown State. Where where do you at with Kyle McCord? Yeah, like I wa- I watched this game today. Um, to me, what was very clear watching this was was how much these wide receivers dominated this defense. Like like how much yeah. was Marvin Harrison just behind the defense? Like he's waiting in the end zone for the for the pass to get there. Like way but like more than five steps behind the guys. Like three steps on the on his first deep touchdown. You know like. Emeka Ibuka wide open just walks into the end zone along the sideline. You know, like this is very weak competition here. I still, I still don't think he steps into like 80% of his throws when you're watching this, but he did a fine job getting the ball to where it needed to be. These guys were, were very open, you know, against weak competition. He's, he's going to look fine. Like, I don't know. I don't really know what to take away from this. I was surprised that this was kind of the deciding factor for this, this quarterback battle. Like for Debbie though, like I, are you like, <laughs> I don't want to say this. Oh well, you. you what, are, know, what are his odds? He's like QB three or four in this class. Like, what, what are his odds? He's a first rounder. To me, it's low. I mean, yeah. Anybody who's listened to this show already knows that I'm not the Kyle McCord guy. I know you brought him up into your rankings a little bit more throughout the offseason. Yeah. I did trickle him up a little bit, but like, I've never super been on him. I just don't think there's like a, a lot of elite traits that that transferred to the NFL there. I just haven't seen it from him personally. Have you have you adjusted him in your rankings? Like, can I like ask you to have him pulled up and you can tell me where you put him? I haven't moved much at all. Um, okay. He, I know he's still a top twenty guy for me. I'm pretty sure right now, but I'll probably okay. I, I don't know if I'll drop him below that. Um, but he's a top twenty guy for me right now. I I tend to you know doing these ranking updates. I'm sure we'll actually talk about it on a show coming up. Like, yeah, especially during the season. Like, I don't like to do them. Like, I, I almost give it like a month at a time or like three weeks at a time to make sure you're not too overreactive about anything in your rankings. You know. I try to move the obvious ones. Yeah. Um, so let me, let me put it like this: Is he in front of or behind K. Klubnik? Let's just let's put it like that. Right now, because I haven't moved anything, he's definitely um, behind K. Klubnik. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Right but you would change that, um, right? You would probably change that. I don't know. Maybe. I guess I don't feel good about either of them. <laughs> I got them next to each other at QB 19 and 20. Like, that's, I, probably, I don't like, that's probably how it'll end up. For me I don't too, like to move like my guys either, but like, there's some obvious ones. You just got to get it done. Like you got to yeah. like, yeah, don't want to get caught. <laughs> don't want to yeah, get caught yeah. by fancy receipts. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but yeah, not, I don't think anything he's done so far, at least to start the season, it's a long season and we've actually seen Ohio state quarterback start slowly before. So I could be proven completely yeah. wrong on this. And I think a conservative ranking is maybe, maybe the right approach here, but um, yeah, I guess we'll just see how it goes. I mean, he's got everything working for him. It, it better look a little bit better than it's looked in the first two weeks. I just think this is the easiest it's going to be. So I, yeah, I mean, you said it too. They, they've gotten comfortable in the past, and they got it going. Um, but I, if you're, I'm worried. I'm worried. I guess. Yeah, I'm worried. Uh, let's go on to um, Lenore Sellers got a little bit of a spot start there for South Carolina. Did you like watch any of his snaps? I actually did. I actually did today. I went back. You know, nice. like this is a guy. Uh, you know, at, at campuses can kind of we we could we kind of think he's a little bit of a hidden gem uh, in this class. Had an injury in high school that really affected his recruitment. Um, but you know, we always thought he kind of looked great, and he looked 
great in this game. I mean, like, honestly, I thought it was a super impressive debut. I know it's super late in the game. It's a, it's a crazy big blowout, but like, I mean, he had this nice play where he escaped on a play action rollout, um, hit a nice 10 yard uh, guy down the field, launched a pinpoint perfect pass, like 50 yards down the field for a huge touchdown and then hit a perfect back shoulder pass for like another touchdown four for four for 86 yards and two touchdowns. Like I thought it was a a pretty freaking impressive showing for a guy that like a lot of people probably didn't expect much from coming into today. 21.5 yards per attempt. Elite numbers. The the number guy should be clamoring out there. (laughs) But he, but like he didn't look out of place at all is what like, you know, yeah. For a guy who didn't play like a ton in high school and for a guy like not super highly recruited, anything like that, he looked very comfortable. The ball came out nicely. He made good reads. Like, I don't know that, that I thought I thought he looked fun. He he could be a really fun quarterback for for South Carolina if he kind of ends up being the starter next year, which we think he will be. Yeah, no, I I'm pumped. And if you had an asset that's still labeled a Devi asset, but you don't, if you have Kyle McCord or Cade Klubnik, I think I would flip yeah. the North Sellers, dude, straight up. I really would. I flip him for him. Well, and you could probably get more too. I would I would assume throwing throwing a uh, Dorian Singer. Yeah. Throw him <laughs> um. Let's get on over to uh, Dante Moore, another freshman over here at UCLA. I actually did not watch this game, so this has got to be all you on this one. No, I just wanted to, you know, kind of kind of touch on his first true start here. They didn't rotate any other guys in. Chip Kelly was very smart, realized, you know, Dante Moore is the guy. Only two weeks into the season, you know, we were wondering when that point was going to become. It only came, it only lasted a week. I mean, he, he took half a game to prove that he was the right guy for the job. 17 at 27, 290 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, 63% passer. He passed it around really well. 11 players caught a pass in this one. Some good zip. He threw, like, this really nice sidearm pass, like, uh, to yeah. a tight end down the seam. It was really nice. Just looked really comfortable in the pocket. I'm just saying, like, if you drafted Dante Moore and there, you could not be happier with the way that the season has started for him. He looks like a really good asset right now. Easily, like, like you know, a top two quarterback in this class. How did um how did Jameco Thurvant do in this one? I know you were raving last week about him. No, he did not do that as good in this one. Only, uh, only had, like, two catches for, like, 23 yards or something like that. But, yeah, I think, like, a, like it, it was super spread around in this game. Uh, for the most part. Okay. That's crazy. Jamaica Sertivan, huh? Okay. So he's not going to go <laughs> off every game. So he's a bad player now. Okay. I'll remember that. I'll remember that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's, let's head over to the running back room. Uh, we'll have a lot more thoughts on some of the stuff later. Uh, so I'm actually going to skip three of these guys. We'll talk about them later. Uh, Darius Taylor from Minnesota. Minnesota running backs, right? Uh, Mo Ibrahim was like a guy with a Debbie Darling. He um, had. Terrible ACL tear after a massive breakout against Ohio State, but didn't come back looking the same. Is Darius Taylor the next guy up? Uh, yeah, actually, when we did our uh, freshman sleeper show back in February, I actually highlighted this guy as one of uh, my running backs just because I love these backs with pass catching backgrounds. Darius Taylor was a former wide receiver convert to a running back convert in high school. He broke out this weekend for Minnesota as a guy. He's kind of had some good buzz during spring as well. Um, you know, 33 carries for 193 yards and one touchdown. Had two catches for 13 yards through the air. And this wasn't a case of like a, a blowout either. Like Minnesota was playing um, Eastern Michigan, but 
Uh, Taylor started getting snaps like early. It was only like three nothing when when, Deer, when Taylor was getting in the game. When his first touchdown, I think it was only like six ten or something like that. They only won this game twenty five to six as well. So I mean, he seemed like he was a, a strong part of this game plan from the start. I don't know if anything happened to Sean Tyler. That'll have to be something that we kind of see. He did start the game um, and then just kind of faded away. I'm not really sure what happened with that. Um, but we've seen this Minnesota backfield produce like monster CFF numbers, right? And Darius Taylor is 5'11". He's 210 pounds. He's got great size coming in. Um, if there's a chance for solid production early in his career, he's got that pass catching background. This, this is a guy I think should be on Debbie radars possibly after this weekend. Just at least at least throw him on your radar. If he becomes an XI Minnesota, you're going to want him. I'm actually gonna be diving into this later because I might put on some waiver claims. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll be a hot. Uh, he'll be a hot guy that that goes this weekend for sure. So, do you think the Athens Calic Manis and the Minnesota passing offense we were hoping to see this year? Do you think that experiment has come to a close early? Do you think that's what kind of what this is? Uh, it's possible. Hopefully, they're going back to that running game. But yeah, he's not looked great through the first two games. And no. I know Austin is talking about a little bit in his show this weekend that uh, all the media should be fired for how much they built up that storyline and the way he's looked to start the season. And it's kind of true right now. So and the fans on Twitter, dude, they're always yeah. out there. They're trolling out there. Yeah, he's nothing but a, a big arm project right now with with not a lot of refinement to him. And then, yeah, I should, well, yeah, nope. I'm gonna move on from that one. Uh, going on to um, Iowa, Caleb, Caleb ja- Johnson. I think you're more a fan of him than I was. He, uh, I actually did watch some of that game. He did not look quick. He did not look bursty. I think he got caught from behind quite a bit there too. Um, I think even real analytics was still hyping him up, saying he hit a certain mile per hour time. But like it was got there pretty fast and went down pretty fast too. He <laughs> had like he had no no endurance. Um, how disappointed are you in Caleb Johnson? Yeah, I don't know. This is a guy, you know, that we he kind of broke out last year a little bit. Strong, strong freshman campaign, anyways. And we were hoping that he was kind of turn uh turn that into a big season this year, but he's been pretty bad through two weeks, man. Two point seven yards upper carry against the likes of Utah State and Iowa State. I mean, and Iowa State's kind of in shambles right now, but I mean in Utah State, like and only 2.7 yards per carry. I mean, Iowa's offensive line should be just like bulldozing on those points. You know, and he's been, yeah. he's also been, you know, um, up producing a big way like this past week, even by a redshirt freshman, um, Jason Patterson. I don't know who the heck that guy is, but he like, he made it look a lot easier than Caleb Johnson was making it look. You know, it's just not the start we wanted to see for a potential climber. Um, in that 2025 class, but I, I just, I'm definitely thinking about lowering him now. He was somewhere like top 25 for me or something like that. Right? No, maybe top 30 running backs or something. And I'm, I'll probably be dropping him a little bit after, after this start. I also moved him down too, but he's always been in my like late thirties, early forties. That's where he's yeah. been. Um, going to the wide receiver room. Uh, Luther Burden. Uh, a lot of people have been, not everyone. Not to say a lot of people. Everyone, even the ones that actually like him, haven't seen his usage needs to change. It's been used kind of like terribly, honestly. Last year, they have an offensive coordinator from Fresno State comes in. They were successfully using uh, fellow yak skill set. Skipping my head, uh, undersized guy. Do you remember his name? Oh, uh, Cropper. Yes, Jalen Moreno Cropper. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, yeah, he had that successful rollover at Fresno, and Luther Burns at least twice the player he is. And I think so far, Luther Burns looked fantastic, I, like everything we thought he was going to be. So I'm pretty pumped about Luther Burns. Any thoughts on Luther Burns so far? Do you think he's, you think he's proven the doubters wrong, or he's got more to prove? 
Well, I mean, last week he still had like that 5.6 A dot, which like Nelly came after uh, PJ wanted to write me a message about it after I wrote a thing on Twitter. But I will gladly tell you guys that this past weekend he had a very strong 12.9 average depth of target this game. Okay, he got multiple deep shots in this game, uh, climbed the ladder for a few contested targets, 6.16 yards per route run in this game. Um, for the, for over the past two weeks, 15 catches for 210 yards and one touchdowns. Uh, and this last game, eight for 11 in this last game. He's looking awesome in this new role. He even uh, three of four contested targets, which is just another sign of like his role expanding. He's getting he's getting those those targets down the field. So he's excelling with it, just like we thought he kind of would when, when we originally made the analysis on him. And I'm really liking what I'm seeing from him. On top of everything else he does with manufactured touches and in the return game, he's excelling with a lot of the new things they're asking him to do. Last year. He has 17 targets going deep, 20-plus yards. Can you tell me how many receptions he got last year on those 17 targets? I could not. I could not tell you that. He got one. He's doubled that so far this year. He's two for four, no drops. Contested catches last year, he had 12 targets. He brought in three of those 12. He's already brought in three this year, yeah. Yeah, so this is the type of improvement that we like to see. Uh, he'll have obviously a harder schedule coming up of SEC competition. They play Kansas State, which I think is still an underrated team, according to like you know more like what people say. I, I think they're appropriately rated in the AP and coaching poll. But Luther Burden will have an opportunity to build on this resume though against some tougher Power Five competition. They got SEC competition coming up. They play Kansas State, that's ranked 15th uh, this weekend here too. So it's nice seeing these stats again against like non power five opponents. Like that's cool. We can expect him to dominate, but this is like still again, a new rule for role for him. And we see him doing really well. I want to continue against tougher competition. Uh, so I'm not saying victory lap and I'm feeling good about him being a stud at the next level, but I'm not moving him down on my rankings. He's a top 10 wide receiver for me and Debbie. Yeah. He's top five for me still. All right. Don't have to one up me there, Corey. Let me check. All right. <laughs> one up me. Let me see. He's number five for me. All right. Let's get, let's get on from that one. Uh, Jamari Thrash, right? I wrote a watch list articles. I write them every single year going into the season for the draft. I actually decided on Jamari Thrash being my receiver, I think 14 in the class or 13 in the class. Um, I know he's going to be a late declare, and not everyone likes that type of stuff, but I think he's going to feast in this Louisville offense. I think he looks pretty good. I think he can be developed into like a route runner type guy. Uh, not really sure if he's going to be doing anything at NFL level. Again, that's why he's not like a top 10 wide receiver for me in the class. But I like what we see here. What do you uh, see from Jamari Thrash? Yeah, when we did our um, conference previews this offseason, we did a, a look at the ACC. And, you know, I, I took a look at Jamari Thrash kind of hopping over. Like, he's kind of got like this, this kind of like hidden gem aspect of his profile, right? He was part of that Georgia Southern team like back in the day that like didn't like they barely passed for like 1,500 1500 uh, yards a year and but like he was still like above 2.3 yards per out run um during those years they switched it up in his last year there to an air raid like blew up in it now he comes over to louisville and he's you know essentially uh jeff brom's wide receiver one which you've seen him do really good 10 for 170 and and three touchdowns through through two weeks here um he's definitely going to be a guy i think is going to be like a senior bowl candidate um he's got good size too he's like six 180 pounds like i think he'd be in make some noise he'll be one of those guys i think could be like a day three early day three selection um kind of like the way michael wilson was kind of hidden a little bit by bad quarterback play like this this guy kind of feels like he's was hidden by that that offense and now we're kind of going to get to see him on the power five level and see what he can do a little bit. Yeah. I 100% agree with all of that. 
Yeah. Uh, heading over to um, Arizona State, Elijah Badger. <laughs> That's your guy. I actually I haven't paid attention to. I even looked up Arizona State's stuff this week. No, so the only the only reason I wrote him on here is because you almost tried to get me last week, where you expressed some worry about his role <laughs> uh, going into last week. But I'm just gonna, just here to tell everybody: return to the top of the depth chart this week uh, after that half game suspension last week. Uh, 80 and one touchdown on set on seven targets on the game, two for 21 on the ground as well. So a lot, some, some more of that versatility that I love. You hear me talk about it a lot in the wide receivers that I like five missed tackles for us. Looks like him and Jaden Rashada could be a nice duo going forward. I mean, they did lose this game to Oklahoma state, which is like, it's just really not a slouch uh, of an opponent at all. Um, but, uh, it looks like they're going to build it, be, be a nice uh, duo going forward. I'll mention to my guy for me, Keegan Johnson. Mm-hmm. who was a surprise injury week one out no news about that whatsoever but going to week two three catches for 25 yards that's off of six snaps so again like that's pretty interesting that's i just want to note that he's involved <laughs> we'll, we'll see this week against missouri an sec opponent if he can uh become this number one for this offense here because this offense is actually clicking of a lot more than i thought it would you know oh, yeah. uh, so I'm, I'm pretty surprised because i I really I dove into what other passing options they'd have there, which is why I was because you know I'm a Will Howard fan, right? I'm trying to find who's gonna be his one. I wanna I wanna stack them in my lineups and I didn't know who Keegan Johnson existed until I did all this digging. But I was looking at the vets before I was looking at Keegan Johnson. I'm super I'm so unimpressed with what they had in the offseason. Like I'm looking at these guys like I don't see anyone that I think is really has an NFL talent. So the fact that all these guys are kind of like clicking the way they're clicking, I'm very impressed and I'm very pleasantly surprised about this. I really do enjoy this Kansas State team. And I, I can't wait to see what they look like for the rest of the year. Kansas State, the team of back to Devi, at least for this year. The 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 twenty twenty three team of back to Devi. Yeah. Go wildcats. Um, I do just want to give a quick mention to another like my guy here too. Dylan Bell, wide receiver for for uh Georgia. Three for twenty eight and one on the ground. He was rushing at uh, six foot two hundred and ten pounds, two for twenty six. Yeah, two for sixteen through the year. Third most wide receiver snaps through two weeks. That is without Lad McConkey, so I'm not sure what his role is gonna be there. But just a guy to maybe keep on your radar as a potential guy. The guy I really do want to get your take on though. Uh, one Mr. Matthew Golden. There's a lot of people out there who are kind of like not sure how to feel about this. Maybe they were expecting a little bit more um, coming into the season from him after Tank Dell left. I wouldn't say he's been bad at all. Um, he's actually been the highest targeted guy on the team with 21 targets. Next highest guy being 17. He just hasn't been like the deep ball. He hasn't, uh, uh, he hasn't gotten a lot of yardage as well. Hasn't put up these gaudy stat lines. Um, there's really not a one for one replacement for like Tank Dell's role in this offense, which we probably should have assumed with you know the OC leaving, Donovan Smith coming in, more different tendencies from this type of quarterback. Golden does seem to be the preferred target in the red zone, though. They trust him in those, those high value situations. Three touchdowns out of the four passing touchdowns for Houston in general. So he's leading the team there. He's leading the team receiving snaps. This is a guy that I think we have pretty high. I have him as a top 15 wide receiver. Like, I really like him. How are you feeling kind of about the way he's kind of started the season and what we thought was going to kind of be a breakout season for him this year? I'm like, oof, I'm a little worried. I don't know how worried I am. I'm a little worried. Mm-hmm. It's not the player. It's more like Donovan Smith. Uh, I don't, yeah, I, I don't think I like Golden. I like the skill set. I never liked Donovan Smith's throwing ability. I still don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I just put up his stats on PFF. They have like, he's he's a lot of green across the board. I don't really understand that because that's not what I saw <laughs> on the field. But um, so I, I am a little bit worried here. I do think Samuel Brown's a guy that we haven't talked enough about between you and mm-hmm. me personally. Um, uh, because I think that's a guy to actually watch. Um, but I want Matt to go into breakouts sooner rather than later. I, I think this team just needs a actual quarterback 
Yeah, I am actually like I'm okay with his role here. Like I he he's leading the team in snaps. He's acting like the wide receiver one. It's not necessarily showing up on the on the, the stat sheet with raw numbers, but he is the guy that's preferred to be on the field on like all the passing snaps. He seems to be the guy. I think that's gonna lead to like some more gaudy stats probably down the line. Um you wanna talk tight ends by any chance? I, I see you wrote one name down, so I think you do somewhat want to talk tight ends. No, like I mean I I I actually wrote two names down here um a guy that we've talked about a little bit this offseason uh juice farine who i don't even know if we can call him a tight end because he is listed as a wide receiver on nc state right now but he does have tight end eligibility on fan tracks which does make him a little bit more appealing in this situation he was second in targets as a true freshman uh led the team in receiving yards this week just someone who profiles very similarly to oronde gadsden um, who, you know, new NC State head coach Robert and I made a superstar when he was over there at Syracuse. So maybe something there. But on the other side of the ball, looking at Notre Dame, um, a redshirt freshman there by the name of Holden Stays, 6'4", 240 pounds, like, you know, that, that classic Notre Dame tight end size. He had a sneaky breakout this game, caught four balls for 115 yards and two touchdowns, led the entire receiving corps, vastly outproduced the guy that's in front of him on a depth chart, Mitchell Evans, only had one for 33. He's kind of been working more as a blocker. This could propel him into, into more of a role, and we know that you know Notre Dame tight ends, but they've done the past, how they've translated to the NFL. We've kind of been wondering who the next one is going to be. This could kind of be a guy that we need to keep our eyes on. You know, I, I've, I've put in a few a, a few minor bids for him across leagues where at least there's some unlimited waivers or, or places where I can afford to at least stash him or whatever and see what happens. But maybe a guy we should be we should be keeping an eye on. I like that. I I had nothing to add. I don't do <laughs> tight ends. I stick to that principle on this show. I'm trying. I'm trying to bring new things to the show. You know, I'm trying to oh. inform the people. You know, <laughs> let's stay in our lane. All right. Let's all, right all right. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, let's get into some buying and some selling. Now, everyone's doing buys or sells. It's not an original bit. So we're doing narratives, buying and selling narratives. And lo and behold, two days ago or one day ago, we have Mel Kuyper's old crusty ass <laughs> up to his old shenanigans again and saying Shadur Sanders is QB3, guaranteed a role in the NFL or something like that. He doesn't know what guaranteed means. Um, you know, his generation is always selling us something. So, uh Shadur Sanders, QB3 in the 2024 class. Corey, go. I am selling this. Um, I understand. Yeah, <laughs> big surprise. Yeah, I understand <laughs> the big production. I understand what he's doing. I understand the hype story behind it right now. It's hard not to root for it. It's hard not to be a fan of his and everything that they're doing uh, when, when everybody was against them. But I just don't see still the refinement. I still don't see some of the things that we want to see from an NFL quarterback. This offense is making it really easy for him right now. There's a lot of easy completions that are going for big plays. I do have to say he's been much more impressive than even I thought he would have been coming over. He's translated much better than I thought. He's reading the field. There's times he's getting to his second read. The the placement of the ball is pretty good. Those are things that I think he can really build on. You know, some of the things like pocket presence, he needs to learn how to stay in there a little bit more. I don't think he's very athletic. There's a lot of people out there calling him a mobile quarterback. I don't understand that at all. I don't see uh, a mobile quarterback from him. I, you know, even when he tries to get outside the pocket or get the edge, you know, a couple times in that TCU game, it was like, he looked like freaking Tom Brady out there. Like, I just did not see that level of mobile uh, mobility from him. Um, and it's a little bit too early without like a real true test against them. You know, Nebraska was an all right team. TCU, their defense, we're not really sure where they are. I want to see where they're going to be when they got to play some of the some of the bigger dogs. You know, how, they, how he's going to play against some of the better defenses down the line. But 
definitely a stock up for me, but quarterback three, I'm selling that hard. Yeah, I'm also selling that. I'm selling that as fast as I can. I'm trying to sell them in the program. Please hit me up, guys. Um, <laughs> I, a uh, fellow contributor here at Canvas to Can, Chris Moxley, I thought put it really well uh, on Twitter. So I just want to give him credit for saying this because I was thinking it, but he said it. Uh, like this first round buzz he's getting is being floated by people who can't distinguish player from scheme. And I think that's like a really big thing when it comes to evaluating people that don't know if something's scheme related or a player is actually good at playing football. And that's being a lot of people that just like stat scores read and stuff like that. So I, I think, I think Chris Moxley nailed it with that evaluation saying that Shadur's just been a result of the scheme. And not enough people are talking about Sean Lewis, the coach from Kent state, Kent state's offense was awesome last year. And now he's over here in Colorado. Uh, we'll see if he's sixth round or not. But I, um, so Corey and I did an episode weeks ago. I, Corey, I'm gonna be honest, with you, I thought that was one of our best episodes of the roles and traits of like what we look for in scouting and NFL mm-hmm. stuff. I really yeah. do believe that. Um, I think he's a pocket passer. They're almost like a dying breed now in the NFL. Now that they can't be successful, they just have to go to the right spot. But that's gonna be Shadur Sanders is like pocket passer. He's not a scrambler. He's not that mobile, in my opinion. And I don't know if he has the tools to really be a pocket pass next level. So I, I keep thinking like, like I'm trying to think about who doesn't have arm strength in the NFL. That's a pocket passer. And I, I keep, I keep landing on Mac Jones in my head. So do you think, so are you, are you worried a little bit about his arm? Yeah. Like for velocity wise. Yeah. Like I think, I think he gets it there, but you also see sometimes it flails on him. Like he's trying to put so much behind it. Like it floats, but it also ducks sometimes. Like you see that the spiral is not so tight sometimes. Like I think, yeah, I think he's trying to get the most out of it that he can, but I don't know if it's like fully there. And I also wonder about the size a little bit. You know, this was a guy um, they had verified at like six, one, 200 pounds as a recruit. Now he's listed at six, two, 215 pounds. When you look at him, I'm not sure if I see that. I see a little bit of a lanky build there. Yeah, yeah like yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he if that's fully there. So that's another one of my concerns, at least a little bit. So yeah, so I'm not in on him being QB three. Uh, now, like let's say like he goes back to school next year. We see the way he's performing now, and he's just copying and paste for the rest of the year, copying and paste for two years in a row. Like, could he be like a late day two guy? Like, maybe I can bring my head around that one. But that's. Yeah, like- that's still my ceiling to me. Even though it is QB three and whatever class he's in, like that's the ceiling to me. Like Hendon Hooker type draft capital, like like round three. Yes, yes, is. yeah, like something like that. Yeah, I could yeah. see that with better knees. Yeah, with better knees. With better knees. <laughs> <laughs> Hooker has a better arm, I think. Anyway, um, yeah, selling that one too. Uh, just while we're on the topic of QB three, if you had to pick one today, who who are you picking on? <sighs> JJ Give me McCarthy. two. Give me two because I feel like the the first one's obvious. Yeah, it's JJ McCarthy for me for that one. And then like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I really don't know who my quarterback. Will Howard, go Kansas okay. State. Okay, are you just saying that just to say that? Or you actually? Hell yeah, that? I'm just You're saying just it right now. It's just, it's just a cop out. Yeah, it's just yeah. Okay. Uh, honestly, if I had to pick one, so I, I it think- would be it would it would be it would be Ewers obviously. Sorry, I'm not. I don't even know why I didn't say that quicker. It should be. It would. Be That's Ewers. what I thought. That's what yeah, I thought. Yeah. I said Ewers, I'm trying to think. Uh, of, I'm like trying to think off the, off the top of my head who the guys are, and I was like, oh, there it is. It's yeah. I was like, who's the guy I'm not thinking of? But yeah, Quinn Ewers would obviously be the other guy. Yeah. The race for me, like the actual like race, like being 100 serious, it's Quinn at the top, but then it's like I'm still a Will Howard fan. I, I got to watch this Troy game to see if he did well or not. I didn't get to watch it. Uh, but Carson Beck, Michael Pratt, Michael Penix, Kyle McCord, I still got his name written down, but I'm really wavering on that one. Yeah. And then, like, 
super dark, like Tyler Van Dyke, Jackson Dart, Sam Arnold, but probably not. Those are like the names I'm looking at still in this race. And like, that's yeah. it. You so know? happy. I'm so happy you're on the Jackson Dart train now. He really did. Like, I, I'm like, I'm like getting scared though, because like even this early into the season after two really good performances, still nobody's talking about him. There's not one, like not one draft analyst. Like they were literally talking about the game the other day. And like, not one person even mentioned Jackson Dart. I was just like, they just wow. mentioned Trey Harris and his. Yeah. Like, like, like shit. even though yeah. he got like a total of 11 snaps between two games. So that part uh, is worrying me a little bit. Like maybe, uh, maybe I'm worrying too much about, or maybe it's like that system that nobody like believes in, you know, from like the same one Matt Corral was in. Like maybe they just don't respect it. Like we think they should respect it, but um, yeah, getting a little bit worried about that. He's like the one true gunslinger. I think I have in my rankings, honestly, in the top like 30, but like, yeah. I, I think that's almost like a dying. That's an actual dead breed in the NFL. Is, I think coaches yeah. look at that. Cause I think like back in the day, gunslinger, like that's fun. That's exciting football. People want to pay to see that. Now it's all about the NFL. And now they're like, well, gunslingers throw interceptions too. So I'm not so sure about this. Like, yeah, it's all about so. protecting the ball now and just limiting mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to the giants on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's get on over to the next. Let's, let's get off of this one. Uh, Roman Wilson. Is he this year's Jalen Hyatt? You want to start this one? <sighs> I actually low key want to buy this. Um, mm-hmm. I low key want to buy this. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. For everyone listening, if you guys are new, we're not Jalen Hyatt fans. We thought he was really just very good at running. He had a lot of free releases, and he just ran straight in a fast line and didn't drop balls. So, um, and capitalized on that. Obviously, he got a paycheck from it. We'll see how he does for the Giants. So far, not so good for the year. It's only week one, though. But is Roman Wilson going to be that guy that gets talked about for like a Blitnikoff award because he's hyper-productive in a system where he doesn't need to be that talented? He just needs to run fast and run straight. Uh, at least that's how I, I interpret it for the most part. Um, so I, I'm kind of buying this. I think he can stay this level of production. I, I think it's maybe not the, the touchdowns, but I think this could be somewhat sustainable. And then he's going to be talked about probably too much. Yeah, I do think that this Michigan system is more respected than coming from that Tennessee system as well. Like there's probably like, I haven't done like a full deep scale, like dive into it, but there's obviously a more pro style concepts in this, this type of system. Um, where I think like maybe he might get a little more respect that way. I think they're very similar athletically. I, you know, like Roman Wilson's like a freak, like he's four, three forty, he's 39 inch vert. He's, he's six foot, 190 pounds. Like he's right around, he's pretty much like a, he's very close to Jalen Hyde in, in that sense. Um, I don't know if the production will be the same. Like he's still doing it on like less than 10 targets a game, like six catches, five catches. He's catching two touchdowns, catching three touchdowns. I do think like, I didn't necessarily mean like one for one when I did write this, but I do mean as the type of guy who's like going to come out of nowhere that, you know, we wrote off as a Debbie asset early in his career or like we liked him when he was coming in. Like we liked Jalen Hyatt coming in, but then we wrote him off because it was like three years of nothing and there were two yeah, years of nothing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's going to break out in like that final year before his draft eligible year. And it's like, you know, is he going to be this that, that Jalen Hyatt this year? And he has that athleticism, that build behind him. I'm buying this too. I'm definitely buying this. I think he's going to be that guy this year. Do you think he actually has an NFL skill set? Let's say let's say that though. Like, do you think he's <sighs> I think he has NFL athleticism. Okay. And I think that I, I think that we haven't seen enough to really like make that decision. Like he was a guy that I liked early on. I remember it was actually a surprise that he ended up choosing 
uh, Michigan. I remember he was close between one other place, and I can't really remember what else. But yeah, he just got hidden in the system for like three years. And we talked about it with this Michigan system that they they kind of high towns like Donovan Peoples Jones has found a role in the NFL. I've, I've just and we just really thought of him as this athletic freak at Michigan who really didn't have stats to back it up. But he's turned that into this. You know, Nico Collins. Look what he's doing for for Texas. So do I think Roman Wilson could be someone that? Oh well, yeah, I do. I, I I think he could have a similar future. Okay, well, to give more credit to Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, or sorry, to Roman Wilson, Donovan Peoples-Jones was like a five-star wide receiver 20. Like yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. Like, so Roman Wilson was not that level of recruit. So he's anyway, Michigan's been killing players their entire career, but we'll, we'll see about this one. Um, going to our last one here, uh, Keon Coleman is a first-round pick. Are you buying or selling this? Ooh, isn't stuff put me on the spot on this one. For for now, I'm selling Keon Coleman as a first round pick. I see NFL traits. Um, I just think it's still too early for me to say like he's he's dominating in the ways that we expected him to dominate. He is showing a little bit more maybe than we expected from you know Burst. He's been using yeah, on some of those absolutely. screens that really hasn't been uh, a, the type of player he was at Michigan State, but he's showing that a little bit now. But I mean. Like we see guys like DK Metcalf going the second round in the NFL. Like, as, does Keon Coleman bring like something super to the table that's going to toss him into that first round conversation? I feel like his archetype in the NFL is, is dying too. Like we talked about it a little bit. You know, like there's fewer and fewer of his type of wide receiver going in, in the first round. You know, what I mean, like there's Drake London is maybe uh, the guy that recently went. Quinton Johnson last year kind of maybe similar, but again, he's he's more he's not as fluid as those types. He's not the same type of athlete as those as those type of other guys. So I don't know if he's going to be if he's going to do enough to become a first round pick for me. I was going to ask you on a scale because I've been thinking hard about this. I do like for myself. I like to create comps cuz like sometimes I just can't articulate something super well. So I'm trying to think about what player play style does he most like closely associate the next level? Do you think Keon Coleman's more like Michael Pittman who I think's like a 6 foot 4 guy that's I think pretty peak in almost everything he does or do you think he's more of a Cedric Tillman for this last year's class? I think he's more Cedric Tillman. I think if you're looking for like uh, like complete upside. If I was to give like upside, upside, I think he's like a Des Bryant type of player. I don't think he's okay. the type of guy who's going to get like, I know Des Bryant's a little bit smaller, but I think he's going to win in a similar style. Like, I think that's, that would be his role in the NFL, but we don't see many Des Bryant's nowadays in the NFL. Like who's, who, who's the guy that really fits that type of archetype right now. That's leading Mike, Mike Williams, Mike Williams, Mike Evans, maybe like, you know, like they're, they're a little Smith bit thinner. One year there. Days, but. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's I, Oh, I didn't say if I was buying or something. I'm selling this as well. I just don't, uh, I think everyone knows the separators are the way to go for the NFL. Uh, I yeah. love the big guys too, but if he's not like an athletic freak like Quentin Johnston was, clearly like athletically kind of special, I, I don't think. Or or uh, Traylon Burks, you know, I don't think he's. I don't think he's that special of a of an athlete, but definitely better than we gave him credit for. So I, I think he's more of a second, third rounder. I think I actually moved him yeah. up though to like wide receiver five or six in the class for me. By the way, so I guess I'm someone in now. Okay, getting into this last discussion topic here. The 2024 running back class, like, is it bad? Like, that's kind of the question here because I, I'm looking at like my list of top ten that we had tweeted out uh, like mid spring. I'm just gonna really talk about the top here though. But you know, Raheem Sanders put on weight. He looks like it. He looks rocked up. He looks like he lost some mobility. Now he's a little bit hurt right now, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, Trayvon Henderson, we're still waiting for him to return to that freshman form, you know. And then uh, Chase McLellan, like I, I, 
I faded Chase McClellan for over a year, bought back in this this offseason. You guys convinced me about it. Kind of, I thought I saw some juice out there. I don't see juice anymore. And you're on mute right now. And I'm glad you're on mute. I don't see the juice. This guy. I got said. Like uh, I was saying, don't put that on me. I didn't. I oh, didn't fight okay. for Jason McClellan. I just. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> not on me. <laughs> even, even though Alabama's not being successful, even when like I just I don't see it. I don't see the burst. I don't see the juice. He looks slower out there. He looks bigger. Like I think I don't have his weather measurements pulled up, but like I think last time I checked, he was like, you know, five eleven, two twelve. I think he's more five eleven, two twenty, two twenty five now, of like muscle. But I still don't see like the burst. So, uh, like. I'm worried about this running back class. Like so far, Braylon Allen thinks done fine. He had a bad game against Washington State. It's a new system though, so I think he gets a free pass for at least a couple games like that. And then Trey Benson, I had an opportunity to really blow up against Louisville. Like I shouldn't say opportunity, but like he could have made that his staple game with a big competition, like with a big like game, and he just didn't have it. He had a great game against Southern Miss, but again, it's Southern Miss. Like who cares? That's expected. Um, but besides like Braylon and Benson, like, I don't. I'm. I'm worried about this class. Yeah, I think, you know, and we almost, we were going to put this in like buying and selling, but it's like we're both buying the fact that this class, you know, definitely has some red flags about it. Um, you know, like with, with Raheem, I wonder if we are like even just a bit of an overreaction. You know, we saw one game that he might have been injured in for all we know that his knee might have been bugging him a little bit. And I am worried about like the weight gain that he's put on. I want to see it though. I want to see how he does with it. I just don't feel like we've yeah. gotten the opportunity to see it. Um, so I'm still like just holding that one out a little bit like that. But even so, like when I first looked at Raheem, like I never saw somebody I thought was going to be a first round pick. I thought I always thought I saw a day two running back that I think could make the NFL and probably do something, you know, like, like a common um, comparison with him has always been like David Johnson. And, you know, like that, that's kind of what I've always rode with. Like, could he be like a day two pick who climbs through a, an ugly depth chart and becomes the guy? Like, yeah, I think that that could be him. I don't know if first round pick is I ever thought was going to be in his thing. The one guy I did think could be a first round pick was Travion Henderson, um, who were just we're not getting to see the workload with him right now with the rotation they have right there right now, you know, like, like the rise of chip train, coming back, you know, he's looking pretty good and they love to use mine in the red zone there. I will say, I still think Trevion is, is looking spry out there. Um, like he, he's looking quick. He's, he's had some nice runs so far. He's just having trouble answering some of those concerns we have like power. He's never been a super powerful guy, but they're not like, they have yeah, these guys yeah. set for specific roles now where we're not getting to see how he would do in that type of role or like his durability. How is he going to last with a big workload? Like it's, he has a small workload now. So he's like, he's going to, it's going to leave all these questions in his profile going forward with Braylon Allen. I wanted to kind of ask you here, because I know you're talking about the scheme. You're giving him a little bit break for the scheme. And I like the receiving work that he's getting, you know, I think he had like seven catches last game, five catches the first game. Um, so that's going to be great for his profile. I'm not sure what the reason is for his lack of rushing. How can you say that like the scheme is his fault or, or, or is the fault at it when Ches Malusi is doing so well these past two weeks? Like, I don't understand that, that breakup there. That is bringing me a little bit. Is Braylon Allen more scheme oriented than we even gave him credit for? I cannot give a fully honest answer. First off, Ches didn't do that well this last weekend. I, I, I've been, I've been trying to work on this is like something they're trying to do on the side though with Barnabas on the on the NFL team trying to create like a top five list of each position. And I've actually been watching the Washington State defense a little bit way too much than I think anyone else is. I think their safety is really good. And I started watching the rest of the team now. And I'm like, this is actually probably like as far as Pac-12 defenses go, I'm actually very excited about Washington State. But uh Chess Malusi, let me see. I got a uh, 12 for 49 and one and one fumble against Washington. Like, I don't know, he didn't really outperform him that well there. 
Well, seven um, for twenty for Braylon Allen, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not the greatest yeah. stat line for him either. Yeah, though. I don't know. Like, but like, remember like last year, like Sean Tucker, and how he just disappeared for I don't know at least half his games. Yeah, well, don't give me that because Sean Tucker's a UDFA. I know that's for his heart condition. He's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get my, but I'm just, yeah, but I'm just saying. I I don't know. Like, and then uh, even week one, I'm pretty sure he rushed. He had like almost the exact same, or even more productive than Braylon Allen if you took out the receiving work as well. But I'm just saying. I also think the, people are paying attention to Braylon more than they are Chez. Like when Braylon's on the field, they're like, "Oh, oh crap! Here comes the freight train." I guess. Like I guess I just see it's just like I, I don't know how much I can give to the scheme if it's semi working for one guy and doesn't seem to be working for the other guy as much. Even in that first week, Braylon Allen didn't get going to like the second half. Like Malusi was like producing him for like the first half. It seems like it almost seemed like well, I'm not saying Malusi's better than Allen. I still have Braylon Allen as like a top guy. I just don't, I'm just wondering why the scheme isn't working yeah. for Allen as much as it's it, it seems to be working for Malusi or why they seem to be favoring Malusi. Like why does he have more carries than Allen? In this game it's a good question yeah so uh, I, we'll have to see how that one kind of continues uh benson we'll you know it. did did have the uh trey benson did have the, the little bit of rougher start look good last year but how about our boy mr jaquindon jackson making a nice comeback yes. uh in this yes. game 19 for 129 yards uh caught uh one pass two targets for 11 yards 5.84 yards after contact six mixed missed tackles for us this is the one thing about his profile was the receiving work we want to see and now with micah bernard out who they technically like favored in that type of role he led the backfield this past week with routes run with 12 next highest was nine by glover so it seems like the opportunities are going to be there for him this year to possibly add that receiving work on as well um so this guy could be kind of a sneaky guy to kind of uh, to that back half of, of that run of this running back class into the top tier here it was it was Jaquindacious out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, he, he looked good against Baylor. And I don't know if you looked at the rest of his schedule because, I again, in my, like, watch list article I wrote for running backs, too, I wrote, like, this guy's, I think, a very good athlete. I think he's probably the best running back Utah's ever had back there, like, better than Zach Moss was drafted in the third round. I think he has potential to do better than that. Um, But then you, like, really laid, <laughs> laid an egg on us here, like, against Florida. The rest of his schedule is light. Like, I think these are, like, his top two defenses he's playing. I mean, I don't. I think he's going to run through the Pac-12. I had to watch. I didn't have to watch. I forced myself to watch Tulsa versus Washington. I stopped watching after like halftime though. Um, and like Tulsa's running the ball on Washington's defense like successfully. And I keep thinking like, well, every other Pac-12 team should run the ball on them successfully. So I, I think once like conference play comes through, I, I think Jaquindon can really build off this and has a chance at being like the QB five or six or whatever in this class. I think I think his – I don't think the dream is dead, even though he is an older prospect. He's going through a um, position change switch. So it's like, you know, he's got a small window to succeed here, in my opinion. But I don't think that window closed. And I was actually worried about that after week one. You're muted. Too excited. He had to mute himself. He was cheering in the background. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give him a little bit of leniency for uh, potentially having that injury in week one as well. I mean, he only got like five rushes that really didn't seem like that. Uh, something seemed to be bugging him, although they did use him a lot in pass pro, which is weird, but also good for his profile. They seem to the, the fact that he seems to be the preferred pass pro back uh, seems to be pretty good. Uh, anybody yeah. who follows us also knows that we're not like huge Blake Corum fans who you like to call a fancy Jared Patterson. I like to call him a fancy Chase Brown because they're essentially the same thing. But, you know, like to me, like Blake Horam in this in this running back class kind of seems like the low floor or the high floor option. 
Uh, how about Diamond Edwards though? His running mate, like he's I don't know I don't I'm about to pull up his stats, but it was something like 20 for 84 between like two weeks. Like he just disappeared, and I I remember watched I watched a little bit of Michigan film. I really didn't want to watch it because again it's G5 against P5, but he's like I, there was like no vision for one game. Like he just kept running to like the backs of his players. I guess like, I don't know. That was yeah. kind of weird. Uh, last running back I want to talk about here, unless you want to add more on, is Devin Neal. Uh, mm-hmm. you were more original for you and Brandon Lejeune. Give some credit to Brandon Lejeune out there. We're bigger. Oh, and Al- I think Alfred was a fan of him as a recruit. Yeah, Alfred as well. Fan. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm really hopping on the bandwagon in the back. I'm in the back of the bus. Yeah. Um, we don't discriminate. A- <laughs> <laughs> no Rosa Parks here. Yeah. Right, so <laughs> I I actually I love the player. I think he's super athletic. He's got yes. a really good skill set. I don't I don't know why they don't feed him. Like that really is annoying. I tweeted about it. Like I. I, I so strongly feel like he's going to be a guy that slides into day three and I'm, he's going to have like the perfect opportunity. He's going to be my Tyler Algier when he gets to like the, when, when we bring him around that time, like he's going to be falling to a spot where like, if he has a clear opportunity, I'm going to be, I'm going to be conducting that hype train. I'm going to be conducting it. Yeah. 23 carries for 214 yards and two touchdowns over these last two games, including seven for 72 and one touchdown through the air. Like he's just doing it all. And we saw flashes of this player last year as well. He just never gets the workload we want to see, but this year he's almost demanding. And he's like, fine, you're only going to give me 12 touches. Well, I'm going to be freaking awesome on these 12 touches. And I'm going to be freaking awesome on these 13 touches that you're going to give me. And he's done that. And like, you've almost seen that progressively through the years. Like in the beginning, it was like, he was really only really good when he got a lot of those touches. And then like year two, it was like, okay, well, he's starting to become more efficient on those last, last touches, but we still want to see more. Now this year, it's like, he's just coming in hot. It's like, you're only gonna give me this many touches. I'm still going to do awesome with them. Like, I definitely think he's like, I, I worry about him being at Kansas. If he's going to get the attention he deserves, like Austin even posted the other day in our, in our Debbie chat, there was a, a scout. Uh, I think it was Matt Miller who, you know, some people like to call scout anyways. Yeah. Matt Miller was talking about the, the but the Kansas players that he's watching at the game. He talked about all these players and you mentioned Devin Neal once. I was like, oh man. Like, so I'm a little bit worried if he's gonna get the attention he deserves. He's probably a more realistic early day three type guy, but maybe, maybe there's a chance there for day two with him. Yep. Uh all right, guys. And remember, get that one special sweater at home field apparel with the promo code campus the number two and ken for 15 percent off your first purchase that does it for Corey and i tonight thanks again join us tomorrow nope not tomorrow we don't do that that daily show will be crazy join us next week from Corey and from mike good night and good luck